Average Golfers Unite. It's Nick's Golf Guy Podcast Round 16, bringing you another avalanche of average golf guy illumination, an injection to stimulate you for the game we all love and sometimes hate. So stick around. Average Golfers Unite, this is Nick's Golf Guy Podcast, the podcast designed for average golfers like me. I'm Nick McClendon, coming to you from Ocean View Golf Course in Norfolk, Virginia today. I'm really excited about this round of Nick's Golf Guy Podcast and glad you could join me. Today we're going to be covering golf news, what is happening on the PGA Tour, and Nick's Golf Guy interview and course review with Booker T. Washington High School golf coach Gerard Campbell here at Ocean View Golf Course. We have plenty of other things to talk about in between, so let's get things started with this week's Off the Tee. Jessica Spicer update this week. Our good friend Jessica Spicer, good friend here on the podcast from round 12, played in the Virginia State Golf Association 45th Annual Stroke Play Championship at Mount Vernon Country Club in Mount Vernon, Virginia this past week, June 21 through 23rd. Finished fourth not before pulling into a three-way tie for first early on in the third round. Keep it up, Jessica. We're all rooting for you here on Nick's Golf Guy Podcast. Looking forward to having Jessica in an upcoming round so we can find out the latest on her golf journey. Now on to the PGA Tour where the Travelers Championship kicked off last weekend in Cromwell, Connecticut at the TPC River Highlands, June 23rd through 26th. Xander Shuffley takes home the big win and 1.5 million bucks this week's tourney coming up june 30th through july 3rd is the john deere classic at tpc deer run in silvis illinois purse of seven million one hundred thousand dollars speaking of money top three money makers on the 21-22 tour thus far number three the aussie cameron smith comes in at seven million one hundred eighty nine thousand two hundred four dollars Number two, Rory McIlroy from Northern Ireland pulls in $7,301,566. And the number one moneymaker thus far this year on the tour, Mr. Scotty Scheffler, pulling in $13,056,624. Top three ranked players in the world this week. Number three, Rory McIlroy. Number two, the Spaniard, John Rahm. And the number one golfer in the land is, once again, the Texan, Scotty Scheffler. And that's going to be it for this week's Off the Tee. Now let's head on over to the Nick's Golf Guy interview and course review in this week's The Drive. And welcome to Ocean View Golf Course here in Norfolk, Virginia today with my Good friend and fellow average golfer Gerard Campbell, the first-year head coach at Booker T. Washington High School. Gerard, good to see you, and thanks for coming on the podcast today. Thank you for having me, Nick. It is a pleasure to play and just to catch up and do what I love to do, play a little golf. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Before we, we get going uh, here on you know the interview part, we, I kind of got to give a shout-out to uh, a mutual friend of ours, uh, Scott Gore, who is out in Arizona right now, but he introduced us some 30 years ago when we were in high school. Yes. And then fast forward, he uh, I told him about my podcast here, and uh, he said, hey, I know a guy who might be great for your show. And a couple of texts later, 
a phone call, and here we are. Yeah. Yeah, Scott, thank you definitely for reconnecting. Scott is a great guy, always have been someone who has been very instrumental in connecting people. Um, I'm definitely thankful for having him as a friend as well. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, um, again, yeah, thanks, Scott. We appreciate it. Shout out to Scott Gore in Arizona from the Nick's Golf Guy podcast here. So let's get started on uh, first how you uh, got interested in playing golf. When, when it was the first, your first efforts of jumping on the course and kind of swinging the clubs uh, become part of your, your routine? Uh, for me, it was probably in the late 90s. Um, being a basketball junkie, I had to find something different to do. Um, and my brother-in-law sort of introduced me to the game, and I was hooked ever since. You just got the bug, huh? Got the bug, bit hard. Right on, right on. So um, you play a lot of different courses around the area. Um, is there any particular one you, you like the most? I would have to say my first choice would be Bidawee. Bidawee? Yeah. Over in Portsmouth, Virginia. In Portsmouth, Virginia. Yeah. yeah. Bidawee is a very, fairly short, but right in front of you, but very challenging course. Um, always in very good condition all right cool yeah i got to do a course review over there maybe you and i could do one here in the future uh future rounds um so let's go ahead and focus on uh your first year uh golf coach at booker t washington high school here in norfolk uh how did that whole whole opportunity uh make itself available to you well my son um a couple of years ago, he was playing high school golf, and I would just see the different um, schools around and even seeing some of the Norfolk schools. My son played golf in Virginia Beach. And seeing some of the golf um, golf teams and, and just over time just became interested in it because I have a passion for golf, and I am a alumni of Booger T., and coach basketball there before as well. So I figured I would, you know, take my passion and try to shape the new golf program. So it's interesting. So, and you had a friend that worked, that worked at Booker T and you kind of asked her if they had a golf coach or. Yeah. Um, I have a friend of mine, um, Edwina Perry. Uh, she does a lot of work over, with um, athletics over at Booger T, scorekeeping and things like that. And I, she's someone that I've known for over 30 years. And she had the connections and I, and I, I inquired about it and really didn't think anything of it. Um, time passed and I asked her again and she informed me that there was no golf coach over there. And she kind of got the ball rolling for me. So I, I felt like it was, a great time and, and an awesome opportunity for me. So I, I look forward to it. All right, good, awesome. Uh, and so we did kind of talk about this. You have one returning player from last year, a couple of verbal commitments. What is going to be your approach as your as the first year golf uh, golf coach once you get your players kind of organized and and going? What what's going to be your main focus with them? My main focus will mainly getting getting young athletes to commit and understand that they have to put the work in to see the progress. Um, nothing, nothing out of the ordinary. Just introducing them to the game, get them comfortable with, with being around the game. Um, golf is something that um, 
a lot of people that I've talked to, even from my time at Booger T, never knew Booger T had a golf team. So just kind of bring awareness to the sport and um, the high school sport, the high school part of it as right. well. You know, so. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that was another thing that you talked about. Um, it was kind of bringing golf more on a, on a bigger scale to uh, the inner city youth that probably don't know about golf, don't know the opportunity to play golf. Um, explain a little bit about that, about your vision there. Um, my, my vision is to expose younger inner city kids to different sports that they normally would not gravitate to, golf, baseball, soccer, tennis, swimming, those things along with the academic piece of it to um, make them well-rounded student athletes. Oh, that's, good. that's a great goal, great goal. Yeah. Um, is there a plan that you kind of have in place or kind of in your head about how you want to reach out to those, uh, those students um, that uh, you know, might be playing basketball or might be playing baseball that, that could play a second sport or um, those that aren't playing sports at all and might be something, an opportunity for them uh, if you were to reach out to them and get them involved with, uh, with the golf program? Um, yes. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I, I had the opportunity to become reacquainted with uh, the wrestling coach over at Booger T, Mr. Reynolds. He was actually um, very instrumental in shaping young adults in the um, Norfolk area, mainly Tywood Park. He did. He was. Um, he worked at one of the rec centers, and I remember him as a youth, uh, just always being involved in. I um, became reacquainted with him at Booger T, and uh, we just sat down and had great conversation, uh, even to the point where he would um, assist me with um, in influencing some of the wrestlers and other people, other other students in the school. Um, I also had the opportunity to speak with Brian Johnson. He's um, one of the coaches over with Booger T, Booger T's um, varsity basketball. Uh -huh. um, and he is him as well, um, just kind of funneling students my way. Um, I'm, I will sure. not be in the building, so it'll be a lot of um, work outside of school time. Yeah, 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 so. for sure. Well, um, that's great. And you, so you've been reaching out to your contacts uh, in in the public school system and and outside the public school system, kind of get your ground laid for what you're going to do. And that and your season starts in July, right? Mid-July? Practice starts towards the end of July. Season gets full swing in mid-early August. Okay. All right. Great. And uh, what, what, here in Norfolk, which, which is going to be your home course? Have you decided on, on what's going to be the, the home course for your team? I'm very familiar with um, Ocean View. Um, I feel like it would be a, a, a great area to practice and hone the skills uh, and, and develop the young golfers yeah absolutely this is a great course for uh that kind of level of of playing there's not there's some challenge to it but a lot of the a lot of the holes are pretty straightforward for for sure um what do you like about ocean view from that perspective of of being able to teach younger younger golfers um ocean view is um it's, it's not a difficult course, but it's challenging. Um, any, any level player would come out here and, and actually enjoy 
a good round out here. Um, Andy Giles, Giles um, management here, he's a great man. I, I actually had an opportunity to work for him over at Bidawi oh, okay. um, as well, which again is my favorite course yeah. and um, just love what he's doing over here. Um, so. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's good. I'm, I'm going to have to, we're going to have to, we might be able to do a podcast over there, you and me. We can go over there and play that one and, and do a course review for that one as well. We'd love it. We'd yeah. Love it. Speaking of challenging, um, it does have some challenges in my, my scorecard. <laughs> my scorecard kind of says so. Uh, let's, do you, are you ready to move on over to, uh, to the course review today here at, here at uh, Ocean View? Sure. All right, we're going to talk about the first, the hardest three courses on um, the front nine, um, hardest three holes on the front nine, excuse me, and the hardest three holes on the back nine and how we did. Uh, so first of all, course conditions. Let's, let's talk about that. How did you feel about the course conditions today? The course is in fairly decent shape. Um, the fairways are well kept. Yeah. Um, a few of the holes... Um, the greens, a few of the greens on the on the front um, have a few trouble spots, but yeah. out overall, um, it's a very good course, pretty good condition. Yeah, we we kind of talked about that. You played here on Friday, a uh, best ball, and you said the the greens were kind of dinged up, but they seemed a little. There, you're right. A couple of the greens on the front on the front nine were kind of kind of difficult, but the, the the remainder of the course was in pretty good shape, especially the greens. They kind of kind of rolled slow today. Yeah, the, the, the greens here are normally in very good condition. Um, this is probably the first time I've seen with a few holes right, right. In, in that condition, but they seem to be coming around. All so. right, all right. Well, then that's, that's, uh, that's our assessment of the course in pretty, pretty good shape. All right, so we're on to uh, hole three. It's a long par five. There's a fence on the left side at the tee box, and I've hit that fence before. It's more like a netting to keep you from hitting it in somebody's house. Yeah, tree lines on both sides of the, uh, of the hole. Um, anything else I'm missing here? It's, it's kind of a long, straight par five. Um, if you find yourself in the trees, you're, it's going to be a difficult task to, 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 to get there. With a couple of bunkers almost protecting the green. Right, exactly. Greenside bunkers on your approach. Um, I had a pretty decent uh, drive. I think we both had pretty good drives. Yeah, um, I topped one but got lucky with it and um, kind of stayed on the fairway. Um, slightly left of the cart path. Yeah, and I, uh, I kind of did the same, but it was my next, like, three shots that were somehow I ended up in the trees on my second shot and then my third shot and I finally got it out um but did I end up in the bunker that hole I've been I was in the bunker all day today no, I think that no was the one I, I didn't okay yeah no bunker on that hole um that hole my 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 normal strategy would be to bomb it hit it as far as I can and and salvage the hole um but I actually Little, little, little right of the fairway, uh, left of the cart path. Um, second shot uh, had a pretty lengthy three wood that I hit, maybe 60 yards off the green um, for a par. Yep. So. 
Yeah, you parted. I double bogeyed it. And double bogey, uh, my fellow average golfers, was the name of the game, my game today. So if you hear me say double bogey, don't be shocked. All right. So we uh, move on to the par four, the par four fifth hole. It's the fifth hardest hole on the course. Kind of break this one down for us. This is pro more than likely the longest par four on the course. Um, can't recall off the top the actual yardage. Uh, water completely along the right side. Um, houses along the left side. Tree line on the left side. Uh, anything outside of the fairway um, will put you in trouble. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And this is, th this is the Tiger Woods plaque hole, isn't it? Yes. Tiger yes. Woods played back here in 2000, I think. And early. Early. Yeah. Early 2000s. Yeah. Somewhere. And he pumped it out. Uh, and wherever his drive landed, which is like. Probably about inside of 100 from the green. Inside of 100 from the green. They put a plaque out there from where old Tiger Tiger drove the ball. So I always call it the Tiger Woods hole. <laughs> yes. Um, so you parred this one, and I, again, shocker, double bogeyed this one. Yeah, this is, this is, this is by far one of the more difficult just because uh, hitting the ball left, you're in, you're in the woods. And if you go right, it runs off to the water. Yeah. Not fun. Not fun Not at fun. all. All right, and then we move on to the hardest hole on the course. I always have difficult with this one, but today my drive was actually uh, pretty good. This is a par five, uh, seven, no, hole number seven, par five. Uh, had a nice drive, and then my next two, two shots were just disastrous. I, you know, just topped the ball and chunked it a couple of times before I got a hold of it. Um, how'd, you, how'd you fare on that drive? This is a hole that I normally play pretty well. Um, today was not the day. Um, I probably hit my ball maybe 150 yards off the tee. Uh, my second shot, I may have hit probably about two, 210, 220, and had a decent shot into the green. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I, I finished it with the par. Yep. Um, this, this hole, uh, it runs parallel to the long par four, four. But which puts water on the right yeah. and kind of a tree line down the left. Yeah, water's, water definitely in play uh, on the right. And with my history of water, I was surprised that I did not, I did not lose a ball to water today, which was nice. I uh, double part or double bogeyed that one, and you pulled out the par. So onto the onto the back uh, the back nine here at Ocean View. Um, let's give a, a, a overview on on the back nine. Uh, there's some short par threes. There's a long par three, which we'll talk about shortly. Uh, how does the challenge change from the front nine to the back nine here? The back nine um, it seems a little shorter, but it's a look to me it's a little more challenging just because um, on on ten. It's a short par three, 
but there's um, a tree line that protrudes out into the fairway. So you kind of have to be able to work the ball from left to right, or you have to play it smart, uh, which would be to maybe hit an iron and hit the, hit the um, fairway, which is um, probably, it's probably like 200 yards to the, one, to the 150. And that would be the smarter play, but um, I don't play it smart. So <laughs> I, I, I try to bomb a, my driver, which I normally play the whole well, but today I couldn't find the ball, so I ended right. up picking up. Yep, yep. Um, on to uh, the second hardest hole in the course. This was 12, no, 11. Uh, this is a... It doesn't seem like it's the second hardest hole in the course, but it kind of is. It, the The fairway narrows right right at the beginning, and then kind of widens out. And you got water on your right, tree line on your left. I ended up in the tree line, kinda, and then scooted it out, and then chunked my third shot before I finally hit it up and got it onto the green. Um, how did you fare on this one? Um, this this hole at number twelve it, it it pretty much bottlenecks and it and it opens up. Um, I pulled the ball hard left and ended up in fairway number twelve. Um, then I hit the ball probably my second my second shot. I hit a low low runner through the trees and uh, ended up almost green side. Um, oh, that was through the trees. That was a nice shot. Yeah, I remember that. So, and um, I ended up bogeying that, I believe. Um, uh, we both double bogeyed double that bogey, one. Yeah. Six on four, that's a double. And that's something that I got kind of got used to saying today, actually. It was uh, just a double bogey. I, I think I should have just started calling it from the tee box at some point on the back nine, but be that as it may. Then let's go on to the par three. 15th hole it is the sixth hardest hole in the course why do you think it's the sixth hardest hole it's a par three um it's the longest par three on on the um on the course yeah so, so what um, one what, we what, teed off at what 160 one teed off at yeah one by 160 165 yeah, yeah somewhere around there uh the wind was pretty challenging today. yeah um definitely had some challenges on the wind yeah it was either it wasn't swirling. It was either in your face or on to your back. That was, that was it. Um, and I had a disastrous uh, uh, tee shot on this one. For but me, I, I had, um, I used the eight iron, um, landed mm -hmm. left of the green. Just on the fringe. On the fringe. Yeah. Yep. Chipped up, and I believe I parted. I had a lengthy par putt. Um, Got a little lucky with it. Yeah. I had a decent approach shot, but then I triple, I, um, no, I double, let's see what, and then, no, I think I triple putted that one. I scored a five. You got a three. You part that, yeah. part that hole. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, again, uh, Gerard had a fantastic day, and I had a double par day. And then on to uh, the 16th hole. Uh, par five, the fourth hardest hole. This is a long par five. I would like to say this is a par six that they squeezed into a par five, but that's just me. Had a dismal 
uh, time getting uh, to my third shot. I finally kind of launched it up and got it close enough for a decent approach shot uh, and uh, uh, got it onto the green. And how did you do? You had a you bombed this one. You bombed this drive. Yeah, I had a great tee shot. Um, landed a little right of the fairway, which kind of put me snug up against the tree line. Uh, I had a seven iron, which was uh, I had about one sixty-seven into the green, and left it out to the right. Ended up in the pine straw, short of the greenside bunker. Um, chipped it and came up short, landed it ahead of the bunker, and I think I ended up two-putting. Yeah. Put it from off the green. Yeah, we both we both scored a bogey there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had a nice putt to save bogey on that one. Thank God. So that was probably my one of my very few bogeys today. All right. Sounds good. Well, hey, look, uh, it's been great talking to you, my man, getting to know you a little bit better. Um, after all this time, thanks for coming on the podcast. I do have uh, one part of the show that I do. I'd like to see if you wanted to stick around. It's called the short game. Would you be interested in stick around helping me out? Would love it. All right, fantastic. Let's head on over to this week's short game. All right, welcome to uh, this week's the short game. Got Gerard Campbell here uh, with me. We just did our uh, little interview and course review here at Ocean View Golf Course. Now, uh, I have to ask you a quick question um, that I ask all my guests on my uh, podcast here, uh, Gerard. If you were to BYOF, that's build your own foursome, dead or alive, what three people would you pick? My son, Julius Irving. And Charles Barkley. Oh, okay. He went to basketball stars. Okay. Yeah. All right. Julius Irving, a golfer? Yes. Oh, okay. Cool. I know Char- Sir Charles is. A recovering golfer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Great. So um, now we're going to go into the golf language lesson. Um, the golf language lesson, I have three words for you. I'm going to read the, I'm going to tell you the word and you have to tell me the meaning of the word. Now these are golf words. Okay. The first word of the golf language lesson is cabbage. 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 Never heard. Never heard of it? No. All right. If you manage to hit your ball in some dense foliage, you are in the cabbage. It's best to avoid the cabbage, but if you aren't able to, there's a chance that you won't ever see that ball again. Cabbage. The rough. The rough. <laughs> The next uh, word on the golf language lesson today is foot wedge. Do you know what a foot wedge is? Yes. I don't use it. (laughs) It is when a golfer gives himself a favorable lie. Uh Um, Maybe up against a tree or uh, around some obstruction. They might move it? Yeah, maybe move it. I think you are correct. Having some trouble out there and need a competitive edge, you might resort to trying the foot wedge. The foot wedge is the highly illegal action of kicking your ball into a better place for you to, to competitively continue the hole. You won't find this happening on the PGA Tour, but it wouldn't be surprising at all to see it in a friendly weekend game at the club. Good job, foot wedge. 
And the final word of the golf language lesson this week is knockdown. Do you know what knockdown is? After today's round, you might might be able to answer this one. Knockdown would be a ball that you would hit a little lower, um, a lower trajectory to keep it out of the wind, um, or even to maybe clear like trees. Um, so just just a lower flying ball. You are correct. If you are playing in the wind, which we did today, yes, you might hear this term given to given to a shot that is designed to stay out of the wind. It is shot. It is shot intentionally low to plow through minor winds and avoid stronger winds that reside the higher you go in the air. Knockdown might be an informal term, but it's an authentic strategy used on the course. All right, good job. Two for three this week. Well, Gerardo, hey, I want to thank you very much for coming on to the uh, podcast this week. It was really great playing with you, and I look forward to doing it again. Nick, I had an awesome time. Thank you for inviting me, and again, thanks Scott Gore for reconnecting us this was an awesome day i enjoyed it absolutely absolutely thanks again and that's going to be it for this week's the short game now let's head on over to round 16 the putt i received an email from one of my listeners mike whitell in chicago illinois in regard to the chisholm in golf between the pga and liv i spoke about a few rounds ago mike wrote The PGA was founded in 1916, the tour in 1929, so there is 100 years of PGA history that shouldn't feel threatened, in my opinion, because it's not going away anytime soon. The storied history of the biggest names and best courses in golf is a big reason why we watch. However, players leaving the PGA for the LIV are in it for the chance to make in one weekend what might take them three or four in the PGA. Hard to fault someone for trying to make more money. That said, I'm not interested and I don't plan on watching the LIV. It feels fly-by-night cheap and it seems like pushed by a government trying to buy a new reputation. Love the show. Thanks, Mike, for your thoughts on the PGA LIV controversy. We shall see. If you, my fellow average golfers, would like to comment on the world of golf about anything discussed here on the podcast, send me an email at golfguynick757 at gmail.com. Name and town, name and town. Just a reminder, you can find Nick's Golf Guy podcast on Podbean, Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible, Samsung, Podchaser, and Player FM, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. That's going to be it for Nick's Golf Guy podcast, round 16. I want to thank you for listening. I also want to thank my special guest, Gerard Campbell, for joining me today. I'll be back with round 17 next week of Nick's Golf Guy podcast, the podcast for average golfers like me. Until then, my fellow average golfers, T-Box, Fairways, and Green.